Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Tiller, and it is a beautiful Wednesday morning, and it's just shining a little bit brighter knowing that the Kansas State Wildcats are in the Sweet 16 in the 2023 NCAA Tournament. In case you didn't know, in case you may have missed it, the Kansas State Wildcats are back and better than ever after defeating John Calipari for the second time in five years. Thanks to Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson, Naquan Tomlin, Ishmael to name a few. This team has dudes at every single level. And in case you missed all the comments, we've got dudes. In case you missed it all over every social media, we've got dudes. We've got dudes at every single level of college basketball, and we are taking over the college basketball scene. And I know. I know what you might be thinking. Okay, Joe, don't get too excited. We've still got to play Tom Izzo. I am over the moon already. If you want to talk about guys who have more experience, we just beat John Calipari. We've beat Bill Self this year. Bob Huggins. We've beaten guys who've been around. Scott Drew, we swept them. If you want to talk about college basketball coaching Hall of Fame members, I've got one quote from you from Jerome Tang. Tradition does not help you if you don't get out there on the floor and play with some dudes. So I ask you this. I want you to stare into your heart. Look into your heart and see what you find. Which team of the remaining 16 teams left has the best dudes? If your mind doesn't go to Kansas State, I don't know what to tell you. And I know, maybe I'm just being a homer. Maybe I'm being too much of a fan. But think about this. Alabama has Brandon Miller. And I know that there's some controversy around the guy, but that's their guy. Texas has Marcus Carr. Houston's got Marcus Sasser. Gonzaga's got Drew Timmy. Name me a program outside of Kansas State where there's two superstars left. Not just two role players, two good players. I mean, Michigan State still has three or four guys that are good role players. You know, averaging 10 points a game, four assists. They're still playing good. Name me a team that has two dynamic, bona fide superstars like Kansas State does with Keontae Johnson, with Marquise Noel. It doesn't fully register to a lot of people nationwide that this team is the real deal. I just want you to understand how crazy it is that we won this Kentucky game. Hey, we're the better team here. That's the case in my mind. But I want you to understand just how good Kentucky is with Oscar Shibway. I mean, overall, I, I thought maybe, you know, six out of ten times they'd win this game. I'm not sitting here saying nine out of ten times are going to win, but six out of ten, they can take it. K-State does not have perfect players. We don't play perfect, but we are a perfect team. And that was what was enough. And I know that sometimes that's still not enough to beat a great team like Kentucky. And I know that may sound a little bit harsh. I'm going to be honest with you, that, that might sound a little harsh. But I want you to know how incredible the game plan K-State executed was. Naquan Tomlin, last maybe five games, the guy's 6'10", 6'9", 6'10". He's an athletic specimen, a genetic freak. He is built like Kevin Durant, which is unbelievable, as one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. Kevin Durant, that is. And what I see out of Naquan Tomlin is the biggest underdog mentality, this dog, I'm going to fight you till the end mentality. He was boxing out Oscar Shibway every time a shot went up and out-rebounding maybe 70-30. And that's impressive. Him and David Gasson gave every bit of defensive effort and everything they could to stop the guy. And K-State went off because of it. I know the stat sheet doesn't, doesn't reflect that. They don't show Naquan Tomlin having, you know, 38 rebounds, something nuts like Shibway has done this season. Naquan Tomlin was a problem for K-State the entire time. And I know Marquise Noel's a superstar. We're going to talk about Keese a little bit later here. Also, while I have the opportunity, we got to start learning how to pronounce it. we got to start learning how to pronounce Marquise Noel. If I hear one more Marquise Noel, I'm going to go insane. I think that's genuinely the case. Every time I hear it, you hear Marquise Noel, and I'm instantly like, it doesn't matter what this guy says now. It does not matter. He hasn't watched K-State basketball at all. He watched the one game, and that's all they know about K-State. If you don't know how to pronounce it, that's a problem. There's a pronunciation card. Usually, if you're calling the game, there's a pronunciation card. If you're talking about it, someone else out there has said the name correctly. That's how you got to say it. Marquise Noel is not correct. 
Same thing with some of the game day guys there talking about the K-State Wildcats. That deep three that Ish Masood hits, you hear, and a deep three from Ish Mahmood. Dude, come on, man. This is a national team here. In the Sweet 16, we got to learn the names. we got to learn the names, guys. we just got to learn them. You can't just roll through and say, well, this guy, you know, that's not right. That's not right. It's not the right person. you got to get the name right. Masood and Mahmood are not close. I know that it's two letters off, but that's a whole different name. It really is. And I think the biggest thing is that these guys deserve to have their name read right. They don't need a John Calipari calling Marquise Noel the little kid. Yeah, he made a three, and the little kid just, that is not what we want. And I'm not going to be a fan that sits here and points fingers at John Calipari because blah, 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 he's disrespectful or whatever. I just don't think that he understood the game plan. And hear me out. This is another theory I saw online. I'm not going to hammer it home and tell you that this is my theory and take it, but I'm going to run with it and just give you my thoughts on the entire process. The whole John Calipari timeline here. If you haven't heard the clip, I'll toss something in a little bit later in the episode. John Calipari basically postgame was like, hey, you know, we had a great game plan. We played really hard. Our guys fought all year long. You know, Toppin, uh, Shibwe, a couple of the guys out there really fought. But the one thing we did, we did a pretty good job on Johnson. We couldn't stop that little kid. You know, the little kid hit a three and then it was just all over. And it's the fact of this. There's one of two situations why you would call him the little kid. One is to be blatantly disrespectful over another grown man's game because he just sent you home. The tweet I saw said, Marquise Noel, that little kid just took your lunch money and took your mom on a date with it, John Calipari. Love that tweet, by the way. So, Hall of Fame tweet. The other situation, if you weren't just trying to be disrespectful and you genuinely didn't know the kid, it means you were horrific with the scouting report. You did a horrible job. You hardly looked at this kid from Harlem. You hardly looked at the scouting report. And I think the biggest thing is you're watching clips for 48 straight hours. You would live, breathe, eat, sleep Marquise Noel. If this guy is averaging basically nine assists a game and 17 points, I would like to know who that is at all times and where he's at. Same thing the way you did with Keontae Johnson. Because Keontae has a bigger name, I'm sure you spent the majority of film on Keontae. Say, we got to bottle this guy up and the rest won't be a problem. You don't think that a guy who is third-team All-American Both of them are third-team All-American. But you wouldn't think that a third-team All-American is someone whose name you shouldn't know. And I'm not saying this to say John Calipari did this on purpose or whatever. There was a tweet from Marquise Noel after the game saying, hey, we talked, it's all good, we're all good. Which, credit to Marquise Noel, I'd be way more petty than that in my own personal experience. But it just makes me question, you know, how much film was actually watched, if that's the case. You know, they did, in theory, kind of bottle up Johnson, but I loved what Coach Jerome Tang decided to do in the second half. He kind of switched the method on us. Johnson wasn't hitting, you know, consistent shots from the mid-range, you know, and obviously Keontae is still one of the greatest players in the world. I think he might even be the best player still left in this tournament. In my opinion, from an athletic standpoint, from a talent standpoint, Keontae Johnson is top three, at least. I think he's better than Marcus Carr. I think he's better than a, p- a couple of guys up there. Drew Timmy, I-, I know he's a National Player of the Year watch list guy. Keontae deserves to be up that way. But I do think genuinely that Coach Tang switched the game plan and said, you know what? Marquise Noel understood this. He talked about a postgame saying, they started looking for me to pass. That was what they knew. They knew I was going to pass. They didn't know I could score. So then Marquise Noel starts looking for his shots, and Keontae just starts playing that rebound, low-power forward move where, hey, he's crashing the boards, he's rushing to the basket, backdoor cuts, Marquise Noel's finding him. That's the game plan. The attack point transition from Keontae Johnson over to Marquise Noel. So that way when Keontae Johnson was truly needed, he'd hit a shot. He really would, and he hit the biggest three in Kansas State history. And Ish Masood. We have got to talk about Ish Masood. Everybody knows that Coach Tang had two players, two active scholarship players on this team. After Bruce Weber was fired, that was Marquise Noel and Ish Masood. 
Everybody gushes about what Marquise Noel did, and he truly was spectacular. Well, he's the majority of the reason why Jerome Tang is in Manhattan, and he's the reason we're in March Madness. He's in the reason. He's the reason we're in the Sweet 16 right now. But Ish Masood doesn't get enough credit for what he's done. His toughness, his reserve, and the mental fortitude he has to stay with the team all season long, to not be one of the top guys where it's we're going to say this guy's name every night, but he's one of the best shooters in the entire Big 12, shooting over 40% from three. He hits the deepest three, not from somebody named Marquise Noel this season. Hits a D3 to go ahead over Kentucky. We're down one. How about up two? And then Keontae Johnson puts it to sleep. The game's over, and Marquise Noel's a superstar free throw shooter. K-State dethrones Kentucky. Not to say they've won a championship any recently, so not really dethroning anything, but I think that Kansas State has a real chance to go be national champions. If you disagree, I, I, don't, I don't see the point. I think that at this point, there's 16 teams left. Eight of those teams could win it. I really think so. Do I think they'll get that far? No, because some of the matchups right now are going to eliminate a lot of the good teams. I really think so. If you look at the Sweet 16 here, and we'll talk more about Kansas State, but I want to talk about the Sweet 16 matchups I see. K-State, Michigan State. Either team who wins this could win a national championship. I think K-State will win personally. Obviously, I'm a K-State guy, but the same thing with Gonzaga and UCLA. Both those teams can win it. They're playing this week. The Elite Eight is going to be a gauntlet, but I am hoping for FAU to beat Tennessee. We'll see that. We'll see what happens. But it's just been an unbelievable week of basketball, and I'm so thrilled to see all of the good things happening in Manhattan. And I want to talk a little bit about a couple of other storylines I had set aside here, just to give you kind of my rapid-fire thoughts on a couple of different things. But I also want to say here at the halfway mark, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm grateful to have you alongside here. My name is Joe Tillery with Heartland College Sports, and we are in the midst of one of the greatest runs in K-State basketball history under a first-year head coach in Jerome Tang. So we've talked about some of the post-game comments from John Calipari, Let's talk about Kentucky. Let's talk about their fan base. These dudes have pointed fingers at Tang for those comments about how, hey, you know, tradition won't get you so far. And they talked about it in the clip. Jerome Tang skipped out on the coach speak. I actually wrote an article on Heartland College Sports about my three thoughts about the situation, but I'll kind of condense those thoughts. If you want to see the full written article, you can check it out over on the website. But what I thought about the situation. First off, Jerome Tang wasn't wrong. Tradition's not going to rebound for you. They're not going to go out there and hit jump shots. Tradition does nothing except for put a little bit of fear in your head before you start tip-off. That's realistically what it does. It's in the back of your mind. That's about it. It doesn't actually help you defend. It doesn't help you hit deep shots. You know, when you see these guys on the court that are really one-and-done guys, they don't have the experience. They're not John Wall. You know, they're not Boogie Cousins. They're not Kentucky's Anthony Davis superstar run. It's not that team. That's not the case. So when I see that on the schedule, I don't get afraid. I don't look at Kentucky and say, well, you know, they are Kentucky. That doesn't really affect me anymore. You know, you beat Kansas. That's a team where I was afraid of. No matter what, that energy, that mentality scares me. Because in my mind, it's pretty obvious to me, Kansas beats Kentucky 8 out of 10 games. I think so, even with Oscar Chibwe. I saw some of the meanest tweet replies I've ever seen as a K-State fan headed towards Jerome Tang, one of the nicest, most pure human beings of all time. If you don't know that, you got to watch more Kansas State basketball. See the guy. Watch him in the community. Watch what he does. Tang is the real deal. Tweets saying this guy's a literal human trash can. He's a piece of garbage. We hate him. That's basically what all of Kentucky said because of his comment that said, those old dudes for Kentucky, they aren't coming back. Our tradition is rich in history as well. Basically, the whole point of it was to boost Kansas State. It had nothing to do with Kentucky. Saying those old dudes aren't coming back... That's just real. He skipped the coach speak, which I really admire, to be honest, especially in today's era where everybody gets respect. This team has to earn respect. Jerome Tang is 4-0 against Kentucky in his last four outings. Three of them, obviously, with Baylor ended the 55-game win streak Kentucky had. Tang was that guy, even with Baylor. He's still that guy. He has no reason to fear these dudes. 
He's 4-0 against him. It's not even really a rivalry, if you can call it that, when it's 4-0. You, know, you have to win for it to be a rivalry. And K-State talked about that with KU. We've got to beat them for it to be a rivalry. We haven't beat them in seven games, whatever the case was, 12 games. It has to be a rivalry when both teams win. That's the case. Same thing with the Bengals and the Chiefs. Prior to this year, the Chiefs hadn't beat the Bengals, and it would have hurt massively if we lost again. But it's not really a rivalry if you, if you lose every game. And I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but that's the case. Those old dudes aren't coming back. They're not going to change the momentum in this game. K-State had more dudes. They had better dudes. They had Marquise Noel. They had Keontae Johnson. Naquan Tomlin, who I think is going to be the key for a deep March Madness run. This guy is unbelievable, and I want to commend him personally. He played incredible effort defense. He didn't foul like crazy. He stayed in for 30 minutes, and every game, I know this is still three minutes shy, every game that Naquan Tomlin's been active for the Cats for at least 33 minutes, we're a perfect 6-0. When the guy can stay on the floor and not foul, we're 6-0, and I would love to see that continue against Michigan State. I've talked about the Kentucky fan base a lot this week. Watching John Calipari's comments, watching Kentucky's comments, I have so much more respect for Bill Self. I have so much more respect for Kansas and their fans. Guys who really aren't like, we're both in Kansas. It's a small state. We're still focused on each other no matter what. Even if you want to discredit the other program, you have to pick up the other program a little bit. You're in the same state. You're an hour away. Some of the fans are still like, hey, we got taken out. You guys go for it. Go put on for the Big 12. Some of us still hate each other. That's just the way it goes. I really don't have that much animosity towards Kansas, but especially now, not after Calipari. Watching everything Bill Self said, Bill Self has never said anything aggressive in my mind about Kansas State. You know, he said it's a great day to be a Wildcat, talking about Jerome Tang. That's a good coach. That's a good dude. And I'm so sorry to see about all of his health situation, and I really hope he does recover well soon. I don't know the full timeline on Self's recovery, but I'd love to see him get back to coaching no matter what. Um, as long as he's healthy. Obviously, it's going to be a scary situation for a while, but he at least has a little bit of time now to rest, to take things over. I hope he doesn't rush back to the facility and get right back to practice, but I think it at least gives him more of a, it's okay to slow things down and check up in the fall, see what happens, see where we're at. But for now, I think that Kansas State has to carry that torch for the Big 12. Obviously, Texas is alive, but you know they're, they're you know 67% of an SEC team at this moment. You know Texas, Oklahoma don't really phase me in that sense, the same way the Big 12 teams do. I'll still root for them, but if I could see a K-State-Texas National Championship and dethrone Texas, that'd be awesome. I would love to see that. But we got some things to figure out first. In this, one thing I absolutely loved with this week of basketball, this has been a Hall of Fame-level Twitter outing from EMAW Twitter, from K-State Twitter. If you haven't been on social media to watch K-State, there's been some awesome tweets, some awesome takes all around, different highlight montages, different things from different social media people. Dude Perfect, the Trick Shot YouTube channel, even just posted a video mimicking K-State with the Low Down by Lil Baby intro celebration. That thing is trending everywhere in the nation. Everyone wants to be in Manhattan. Everyone wants to be a Wildcat. Every man, every woman, every person, give me everybody I can as a Wildcat. K-State's recruiting is going to go through the roof. And we already have three, four stars coming to K-State next year. Three, four stars. K-State is in a great place under Jerome Tang, and I don't think it stops this week. I want to talk to you a little bit here about Michigan State. I'll give you my prediction, my thoughts on the game here for a quick little three or four minute segment before I get out of here. And I want to start by saying Tom Izzo is still the real deal. You know, I know that tradition doesn't do anything. He's still the real deal. He's been here before. This is his 15th trip to the Sweet 16. That's a ton. This is Tang's first as a head coach, but I don't even overanalyze that. I don't want to say, well, Tang is severely outmatched because he doesn't know. None of that. Jerome Tang believes in his guys and vice versa. Everyone on the court believes in each other. That's what matters. The team itself is a full team. We were a perfect team. We might not have perfect players, but we are a perfect team. We play good team basketball. We can test, and our defense showed up. Lo and behold, K-State is going to take down Michigan State. I feel so confident about it. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm you know, 90% sure we're winning, 
But can I give you a 57%? Can I give you a 63% here? Is anybody going to crucify me over that? I feel pretty good. K-State has two dudes, at least, that are better than the dudes on the court for Michigan State. Michigan State has dudes, don't get me wrong, but they're all four of the five starters, 10-point guys. 10-point, 12 points, two rebounds, three assists a game, guys. And I want you to know the gap between 10 to 12 points and 17 points is massive. I know it's only five, either seven or five points, but that level of a player versus a 10 to 12 point guy, like Desi Sills is a massive contributor for the tip of the team. I feel confident that any of those 10 to 12 point guys, when Desi Sills is defending him, give me a seven to eight point guy. They're dropping four points, at least. The team is going down. When Desi Sills is on the court, the energy is there for K-State. Especially with the boxing out rebounding we just put in for Kentucky. I don't think that's something you get out of your head in one week. The team doesn't just do that for one game, then go back to the bad defense and bad rebounding. K-State is here to play, and they will be ready. They'll be ready to crash the boards, ready to box out, and that's been their biggest weakness this year, is giving up rebounds. We now have a size advantage over Michigan State. We do. Obviously, Marquise Noel is the smallest guy on the court. That's going to happen in every game, but everywhere else, we've got a size advantage for the most part. You know, I think their two-guard might be a hair taller than Cam Carter, but it's pretty comparable. K-State has a real opportunity to make history and head to an Elite Eight matchup. Let's talk about it, guys. Sweet 16 here, that will be incredible. K-State was in the same spot in the 2018 season after beating Coach Cal, and I think it's time that history doesn't fully repeat itself, but I think it's time we win and keep on looking forward. K-State is ready. Time to go 1-0 this week. Let me just say from the bottom of my heart, this is one of my favorite times of all time to be a K-State fan. And I really appreciate you being here with the podcast. It's something I'm going to remember forever, and I hope you do as well. This run is going to be historically great, and I am so grateful to have you alongside me here today. Everything I've said today, I hope you enjoy. If you do, go ahead and follow me on Twitter. That's at Tillery underscore Joe. If not, I understand, but go ahead and check out some of our other podcasts here. Check out some of the articles on the website. It's been a great day, and I hope that the K-State Wildcats are back, and I will be back next week to talk about everything I can. I am so grateful to have you today. Thank you so much, and go Cats!